Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Demons run when a good man goes to war. Night will fall and drown the sun when a good man goes to war. Friendship dies and true love lies. Night will fall and the dark will rise when a good man goes to war. Demons run at count the cost. The battle's won, but the child is lost. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave A.C. and the Sixth Doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. <laughs> Yes, this is our last episode of uh, of our Doctor Who reviews until the show comes back in the fall or winter, depending on where you are. And joining me by my side, it's Mr. Dave AC. Yes, and uh, my friend Ian, a good man comes back from Sarasota. Well done. <laughs> yes, uh, thanks to Dia Morning uh, for, for hosting our little viewing party last night. Um, a lot of fun with head and burgers and and the like. Um, so and cake. Yes. yes, and cake. And if he, if Mike was here, I'd say pie. Pie. Well, we had pie too. We had uh, key lime pie. <laughs> so yes, there was pie involved. Anyway, that's beside the point. We're here to talk about Doctor Who today. Uh, and as I said, this is a, a last episode, so it's a cliffhanger, a mid-season finale. All right, uh, time to introduce who's in the rogues gallery today. To see who's been uh, had a blue box appear on their doorstep, so they've been so they'll show up here. God, that's a really bad analogy, and it didn't work at all. Oh well, <laughs> never mind. Moving on. <laughs> Joining us in audio today, we have Kobo forty-seven forty-seven. We have Darth Skeptical. Hello, good sir. Hello. I keep wondering who you're talking to when you say that, but uh, it's all right. <laughs> I have voted for Sexton is also here. Hello, guys. Uh, I have a fan running, so I'm going to self-mute and just let me know when it's my turn. I'll turn the fan off. Ah. Yes. See? One of our fans has a fan. <laughs> anyway, bad joke. Resident Alien is also joining us. Hello, Resident Alien. Hello, it's Mark here. Hello. <laughs> also joining us, Scardus. Hello there. Hello. Oh, sorry. Did I get ahead of myself? Oh, yes. Scott is here with all the uh, headless jokes today. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> and speaking of bicycles going into heads, it's Tim Jerry. <laughs> yes, well, no bikes here, but fresh from building a Knott's Lego Angel set, which meant I had to spend a whole hour not blinking. It was very tricky. 
Also joining us last on the list of audio participants, it's Willis Girl. Hello. Hi, Ian and Dave. Hello. Yeah. How are you? Very well. <laughs> that's good. All right, that's enough of those of the vocal minor- minority. <laughs> Let's see who's under the cone. Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. What? Under the cone today, we have Logan, Majora, Merlin, Cybob, Rick Wall, Sean59, Silent Tardis, Sonic Sam, Star Fury 9999999999. Steve Law is also here. And Jumpy Ghostface. Yes, that's Liam. Jumpy Ghostface is here. Also, guest 12, guest 13, and where's your head, guest 14? Oh, you're one of the monks. All right, all right. All right, that rounds up our rogues gallery. These are the people who have joined our show today. And um, in case you're listening to this on iTunes or from uh, our blog site, here is how you join in the show. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a SIP client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the Shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. Thank you very much, Andy. All right. Now we're getting on to the main part of the show, where we talk about this week's episode of Doctor Who. So there will be spoilers. Yes, there will be spoilers. We'll be talking about the whole show and nothing but the show. Uh, So if you're one of those people, lovely people in America who are waiting for BBC America to show it next week, uh, cover your ears, uh, because there will be a lot of spoilers. So, yes. Uh, Dave, you've got a clip to get the juices flowing, as it were. Yeah, indeed I have. So uh, here we go. As we say, spoiler zone from now on. Thank you, sir. This little girl, it's all about her. Who was she? I wish I could tell you that you'll be loved. That you'll be safe and cared for and protected. But this isn't a time for lies. What you are going to be, Melody, is very, very brave. Two minutes. They're not as brave as they'll have to be. Is there someone coming? I don't know where he is or what he's doing. Trust me. There's the man who's never going to let us down. He's the last of his kind. He looks young, but he's lived for hundreds and hundreds of years. And wherever they take you, Melody, however scared you are, I promise you, you will never be alone. Because this man is your father. He has a name, but the people of our world know him better. As the last centurion. I have a message and a question. A message from the doctor and a question from me. Where is my wife? 
Okay, and there we are. There'll be little clips that I will pepper throughout the episode. And as uh, guest 16, 17 and Robert Carrie King join us just as we've started, just a reminder, this will be all spoilerish if you haven't seen the yes. episode. And, well, um, actually, just left us because of that. Uh, so uh, yes, he's like, oh, in that case, bye. So... <laughs> Okay, but there's a very good attendance in the room. Thank you very much. We're going to try and be over and done before 10 p.m. Uh, in the UK. That's uh, sorry, uh, not 10 p.m. 9 p.m. in the UK. That's 4 p.m. in the States because Podshot will be starting then. But we've got our own show to get on with, and to leave us off is Kobo, uh, who's requested to go first, but is always got interesting things to say. So Kobo. Yes. Can you, have you unmuted yourself? Come on, that big joke now. Yeah, yeah, come hey. on. Oh, you can't hey. pay for introductions like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yeah, the episode overall was a bit overambitious. It tried to do far too much, as is the case with the season finale for the last couple of years. I mean. Last year with the Pandora opens, they tried to see how many aliens they could fit on screen at any one time. And I think that's getting a little bit played out, but I could see the need for it during the Big Bang and the Pandora opens. But I just didn't see the need for it here, other than the big army. There was no need for the doctor to call in all that backup. It would have well, been nice so to see a little more adventurous. Well, story. I think it was all to to do with the speech that Riversong was going to make. That he was a bit of becoming known, a bit of a, a warmonger. So it may be a portent of something to come down the line. Maybe uh, he's either building the doctor up to be, uh, you know, becoming less liked, or maybe indeed he's going to change the colouring of the show and make the Doctor shy away from these confrontations that he's been having and going back to, you know, going to these worlds and trying to um, bring about peace. But um, I think that was the reason for the big, you know, charging in with all guns blazing, as it were, was so that that picture could be painted of the Doctor. Go on. I don't know why my audio is lagging for some reason. Um, but yeah, it just didn't work for me like I thought it was going to. It had its brilliant moments. Like when, uh, Flesh Melanie got dissolved right out of Amy's hands. That was very, very yeah. shocking and and very, very touching. And then when we figured out who Melanie was, that was one of the best moments of the episode. But, overall, I would say it done something else. Let's see how many aliens we can get on screen at any one time. Well, I will agree with you in one sense. I did think a couple of them were sort of shoehorned in there as extras like the Jadoon and and the Spitfires. Uh, But, I think the others work quite well, but I do take your point as they, they they certainly threw more at it than perhaps was required, but they had that vast 
that big vast um, warehouse that they wanted to sort of fill and make it look, um, you know, create this idea of scale, I think. And it, wasn't, it didn't seem very battle-esque. Like, I think Victory of the Darlings did a better sense of showing the fact that there was an actual battle going on. It just didn't mm. seem very battle-like. Well, we, we had the, the, the whole uh, 12th, uh, the 12th Legion of the uh, Cybermen uh, rooted in space right near the beginning. Yeah, but except for that, it was just a bunch of people running around the warehouse. And it... <laughs> Welcome to Doctor Who. Sorry, I'm interrupting you too many times. You go on. <laughs> no, Dave. you're cool, Dave. And Thank you. um. I just didn't like the episode because it seems like every season finale is just like, how much stuff can we cram in here? But another part I did like was when the doctor pretended to be a headless monk. That was cool. <laughs> that was yeah. really cool. Can I ask if you've only watched it once or more than once? I've only watched it once. I was going to watch it again, but alas, my hip didn't allow me to do that, so I didn't. Right. The only reason I say that is because um, I tend now to watch Doctor Who, I must admit, with some apprehension, because I'm always worried they're going to mess it up. And I find that that dims my enjoyment often of the first time. And... uh, Subsequent watch, uh, watchings always seem to be more enjoyable to me, and I don't know whether it's because I am then relaxed because I know how the story's panned out. But um, just a very simple explanation of that was um, the, the bit where, um, in fact, we'll be playing that clip in a minute, I think. So, but um, where River Song and Rory are, meet each other, the way that River Song reacts to Rory. When you've watched the whole thing through and then you watch that scene again, it seems to make more sense, you know, the um, because of the, you know, as you said, the big payoff at the end. Um, that scene at the beginning then takes on more um, poignancy. And uh, I definitely would, uh, obviously, it depends on whether people have the ability to do that, but definitely try and watch it through a couple of times. There's an awful lot packed, especially into the uh, little get throwaway lines within the course of the story. Caused me an awful lot of problems trying to work out on little clips. But um, in fact, I won't, let's not finish your go. Let me just play uh, the second clip and then come back for it so you can just gather your thoughts. And if you want to add anything more, maybe even give a rating. And we can leave the rating till the end. Just a little All short right. clip. The 12th Cyber Legion monitors this entire quadrant. You hear everything. So you tell me what I need to know. You tell me now, and I'll be on my way. What is the Doctor's message? Would you like me to repeat the question? Okay, Kobo, do you want to just come back on anything else before we move on? I think Rory 
finally gets a backbone in this episode? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd have to disagree on that point. Rory's always had a backbone. If you listen to every oh. time he addresses the Doctor, that man has a backbone. True, but he shows it more. Oh, yeah. Wait, he, wait. He breaks out the big guns. <laughs> like you said last week. <laughs> He's coming into his own now. He really is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a huge Rory fangirl. <laughs> Before, I just felt like he was Mr. Pond, and now he's actually Rory Williams. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what being a father does to you. <laughs> so, so that was the okay. one good thing that did come out of this episode. And it just... I don't know why this episode just didn't work for me. Because I totally loved the Big Bang and um, Pandora Opens. But this episode by itself just didn't work for me. Right. As a whole. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it, but I must admit, on first watching, because um, the pacing seems slightly different to me. On the, the pacing was quite fast at the beginning and then it seemed to sort of the pace seemed to slow down but I, I would highly recommend a second watch especially now you know uh, what you know I think you'll you'll be able to enjoy it much more and then you'll start to be able to pick out little odd little quips and things that were in it and lots of little references and little tidy things lots of uh, little um, things that were you know hinted at and pointed at which, when I get to my bit, I'll perhaps mention. But um, thank you for that. I'll play a third clip, then we'll go to Darth, and then uh, I'll have the honour of following Darth. Okay, All here right. we go. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. They're not supposed to stare at them. And if they think you're trying to see under their hoods, they'll kill you on the spot. Why are they called the headless monks? They can't really be headless. They believe the domain of faith is the heart, and the domain of doubt is the head. They follow their hearts, that's all. You're Lord of Bucket, aren't you? Yep. Hello, I'm the thin one. This is my husband. He's the fat one. Don't you have names? We're the thin, fat, gay, married Anglican Marines. Why would we need names as well? Oh, looks like I'm off. Time for my conversion tutorial. See you in a bit. Do you like Lent? Because I'm not good at giving things up. Lord of Bucket. You've had an encounter, haven't you? You've met him. I was just a kid. But what's he like? The doctor. He said, run. Just run? He said it a lot. And this was in the Gamma Forest, yeah? Because you're a Gamma girl, aren't you? What are you doing here? The forests are heaven neutral. Yeah. And 30 seconds of the doctor is the only thing that ever happened there. Yeah, Laura Bucket, and then we'll have a head in the bucket in a minute, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing about that, just to, just to sidetrack yep. the podcast a little bit, is... Uh, uh, here we go uh, with you know uh, some gay people. I thought all that went away with the RTD. I thought his was the gay agenda. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I had to make comment on that because uh, Lewis brought up the point. You know, because somebody brought it up on the on their their message boards that oh you know here it is shoehorned it again, ramming it down our throats. Is this necessary? 
Uh, my response to that is, um, I'm sorry, we've had a, a couple, a heterosexual couple in the TARDIS for the whole entire season. Um, having a baby, um, you know, they're shoving this whole heterosexual thing down our throats. Hello? Yeah, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's enough of yeah, the, <laughs> the point is that that was done as a funny moment as I mean it was it was making a point but it was also a funny little scene as well yeah, <laughs> I thought it was, it was quite funny uh, but still uh, point well made uh, yeah. Darth let's go to you please yeah I had a whale of a time watching this episode I was completely sucked in from the get go and literally every one of these little revelations every time we got a new character thrown in I was overjoyed because every one of them, the little set pieces was done incredibly well. And by the time that we got to the Danny Boy stuff and, you know, those problematic spitfires from mm. Victory of the Dalek mm. coming in, and we saw Riverside, we saw Amy cheering for them, I was, for the first time perhaps ever, actually identifying with Amy because I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, there are problems with all of that, of course. I mean, you could be very cynical about it. And, and one very big problem is that I think it um, those little cameos do one kind of bad thing. They uh, make Curse of the Black Spot even worse than it was because there you have inexplicably the little kid without, you know, outside of the protective environment of the ship. So he should be dead, right? According to the rules that we got back in Curse of the Black Spot. Um Unless the uh, that medical thing has been able to cure him in the meantime, but, 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 you're but right, that's not yes. the impression that we Wasn't were left it? with at the end that's of Crystal. So, it, it so that's the only one. Right. I loved it. Uh, you know, when he came, when uh, Avery comes through the door, I thought it was really cool. But then I thought about it. I was like, they could have just had Avery. They didn't need to have the little kid, uh, especially since they didn't have any lines. Um, but I just, I love this. You know what this reminds me of? This is. Something that goes back to long years of reading the Doctor Who magazine comic strip. Uh, this is the promise of a, a strip called Star Tigers, uh, which is a backup strip uh, way back in the... I think it might have been even when it was still weekly, but if not weekly, then certainly just barely monthly. Um, Steve Moore strip, uh, where Absalom Doc, who is this... Uh, Dalek Killer. That's what his sort of title is. I've got uh, that. Uh, I've got that. Uh, gra- the graphic novel up in my head. Right. Yeah. Absalom yeah, Dak Dalek Killer. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Sorry. You know, a <laughs> comic character that actually got a theme song written for him and published. Um, uh, the prototype, I guess, for really um, Captain Jack in some ways. But anyway, um, a part of uh, his narrative is that he has this thing called the Kill Wagon, which is his little ship, and he goes around the universe. And he picks up people of different races. You know, so he's got like a draconian on his ship, and he's got, I forget who else, but he's got lots of um, people that we normally associate as being sort of the enemies in Doctor Who, but now they're brought together uh, for good. A more recent example of this phenomenon is just, uh, what, last year, 2009. Um, in IDW comic strips, there's this great four-issue arc called Fugitive, where the 10th Doctor picks up, I'm not kidding, an Ogron, a Centauran and a Draconian, and they go around the universe together as buddies. And I just think that is the coolest idea. I, I, I completely am opposed to what we just heard Kobo say. I'm flipped around 180 degrees. I didn't, as we all know, like that much uh, 
the Big Bang and the resolution of last year, and I thought that all of that, uh, you know, throwing together of all those enemies was pretty pointless at the end of the day. This was so much better because we we took uh, characters outside of their group identity and looked at them as individuals, and everything about those individuals was interesting. I mean, how much after watching this do I want to see um, Madame Vastra, a Silurian? be a companion of the Doctor. I want her totally to be there every week. I want all of these guys to be there every week. And, and this is how you build a world. And I think this was what maybe he was trying to do last year, but done so much better. Um, you don't have time to breathe in this episode because so much is happening and so much of it is delightful and, and funny and very well written. Uh, I just think this was it was fabulous on many accounts. There's some lovely little, besides the sort of echo of comic strips gone past, there's that lovely stuff that um, River is saying about being at the last Great Frost Fair in 1814. Well, yeah. that that's a nod um, to an actual event. I mean, it really did happen. Yeah. But um, also to the Companion Chronicle, Frostfire. Um, so it means that, if you're really following all this continuity stuff, it means that Riversong, some version of the Doctor, maybe the 11th, we don't know, are on the ice at basically the same time that the first Doctor, Stephen Taylor, and Vicky are on the ice. Which is, you know, if you're really looking into this, that's a neat little bit of continuity. Um, and maybe the first time that we've had any kind of overlap, direct overlap, between a story... Uh, an audio story, and this certainly between a, co- a companion chronicle and the main TV series. So that was lovely. Um, there's only, you know, there, there are some nitpicky things that I could say. I don't particularly like this business that River came up with at the end of the the, the thing saying, oh, you know, the people of the world or the people of the universe got the name the Doctor from you. Because that goes against some other published stories, most particularly the Telus novella Frayed, which has, is a very neat origin story for how the Doctor got the name The Doctor. Um, and, you know, it's just that he put on the clothes of a Doctor and somebody called him Doctor, and he's like, oh, maybe I can use that name. Which, frankly, I like a little bit better than he originated the word, because it, it creates a, a paradox that's sort of unresolvable. You know, how could he have come up with a name first before I, I don't like that thinking like that it's better just to think one day he goes into a hospital puts on some hospital clothes and people start calling him doctor and he's like oh well, i guess i am um but you know there we are i think ian will I probably have more to say if you want to say now ian certainly can well yeah um the the interesting thing about i found out about this on twitter um in relation to what dar's bringing up uh, there was a post back in 1995, January 8th, uh, in Rec. Doctor Who, um, and here is the post verbatim. Uh, here's a particularly stupid, uh, particularly stupid theory. If we take the Doctor to be the Doctor's name, even if it's in the form of a title, no doubt meaning something deep and Gallifreyan, perhaps our earthly use of the word Doctor, meaning healer or wise man, is a direct result from the Doctor's multiple interventions in our history as a healer and a wise man. In other words, we got it from him. This is a very silly idea, and I'm consequently very proud of it. Um, And as I said, this was back in 1995, and it was posted by Stephen Moffat. So I, 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 I mean, I, not that I'm a fan of the theory, but I'm a big fan of the fact that um, 
an idea that, that he had, you know, before he even had a thought that he might end up being the showrunner for Doctor Who, uh, survived this long. Um, I just think it's quite, quite, I don't know, cute, uh, quite nice. Uh, just a neat thing that a, an idea that you know that he had stayed with him. Um, and there's the link in the chat. Um, it actually it links to uh, uh, Google Groups, so you may have to sign in with your Google ID if you have one or whatever. So uh, I just thought that was quite interesting. Somebody had actually found that and posted it on Twitter, and I just. Um, and of course, somebody somebody uh, posted after that that uh, that they thought it was a great idea, good stuff. I really like it. If only the doctor, if only the Doctor Who writers could be so imaginative. <laughs> I just thought that was quite cute, you know. Um, not that I'm a particularly because, like, they say that then it ends up becoming this kind of weird, almost a paradox of of you know how do you come up with the Doctor without it, you know. So anyway. Back to Darth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, Who think I don't that, think really liked this episode very much. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard to tell. Uh, but there are other little nods in there too. Like, for instance, uh, you know that, that sort of great scene of the uh, in the teaser where the cyber ships are destroyed. The fact that they're using their cyber ships. That okay, fine. We very, very briefly, but almost imperceptibly, saw in the Big Bang. But more importantly, are you know clear echoes back to the sort of Planet Fourteen cyber ships that uh, we saw in the invasion. Um, so that and not Cyber Kings. Well, I don't mind the Cyber King, but I mean, it, 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 it's a lovely bit. Of, now that we actually have a shot where we can see them clearly and they're unambiguously cyber ships, um, it's neat that they actually do quite resemble the ships from the invasion. Uh, so we have, uh, you know, harking back to black and white era, which is good. Um, Dave hates uh, the Cyber King, in case you didn't know. I know, he must, he must. <laughs> I, you know, the other thing is, you know, for a while now, it's been teased that somehow or other we were going to get rid of the Cyber Cybermen and we were going to be dealing with, you know, truly our universe Cybermen. And that didn't happen, I don't think, in Big Bang, because those still had the Cybus logo on their chest. These very clearly are not Cybus originated. Um, and what's interesting about them to me is, you know, first of all, we didn't really get any great explanation. Okay, these are our real universe Cybermen. But that it's more than just a changing of the logo. They actually did some redesign um, in great Doctor Who tradition on the, the Cybermen uh, actual breastplate. Um, so it's a little bit more streamlined. There's, you know, some some air vents, I guess, uh, along the side of it. Um, so it's it's a little bit more... Uh, cer certainly they moved on from where they were in the Big Bang, and, and I, I guess we're just saying, okay, this is the design that we're basically going to use for the new series, but there's enough differentiation to it that you can say, okay, yeah, these are different universe Cybermen, which is cool. Um, and I like that they were you know, dispatched relatively quickly, you know, that they weren't in the main episode at all. Uh, that was lovely. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, as far as the central question, I have to tell you an embarrassing fact about watching the episode the first time through when, I guess we're going to call it Ganger Melody, um, was recalled, shall we say. <laughs> I honestly thought the first time I saw it, 
that Amy's breast had exploded, and that was breast milk on the floor. <laughs> Seriously, I did. Because I wasn't really expecting it to be a ganger, and the shot is done in such a way that she looks down directly at her breast, and I was like, what the hell just happened there? And it's like an Adam Purcell fantasy or something. I don't know. I, I don't know, but it, it really, for some reason, the precise way that it was directed just... Um, it didn't read clearly to me, but that doesn't mean a damn thing. Um, on the flip side, uh, a really cool moment that I loved uh, and showed, I thought, a maturity in the writing of Stephen Moffat. Because, you know, I, I slammed and still hate uh, Beast Below for its use of anger with the Doctor and how the Doctor gets sort of unaccountably angry for no particularly good reason. Um, the use of anger here, the scene where he invites the colonel to become Colonel Runaway. I just thought was startling. Just amazingly good acting on the part of Matt Smith, but also the writing was better because it was, there, there was the suggestion here, unlike Beast Below, that him getting really angry was unusual and that the fact that he had gotten to that point meant a great deal of danger for everybody around. And I thought it was much better than the sort of casual and unreasonable use of anger in Beast Below. So, I, you know, I, while I criticized Stephen Moffat in, on one episode, in this episode I thought that his use of anger was absolutely perfect. They're just uh, messing with you like Darth. Just messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not so sure about the ending. I mean, there are a lot of things that I didn't necessarily... I mean, I guess it, it made sense that... Uh, the Bucket girl, what's her name? Lorna Bucket. Uh, I guess it makes sense that she had to go, that she had to die. That that gave us a nice little poignant moment at the end. I, I, it kind of sucks that she did, and I hope that one day we might actually see that backstory. Um, I'd love to know what that adventure was about in the forest. Uh, but I, I, I really like that actor, and I'd really like her to come back. I'd like almost everybody here to come back. Um, I, I, I the, found it interesting, an interesting part of what, you know, as soon as he'd done talking to her, that he said, who was she? Yeah, he had no idea when he was talking he to gave her. That, her the, he gave her the comfort, though. Yeah, right. And he yeah. just guessed that they did running because that's basically what the doctor does. Exactly. But it was a nice uh, little moment where he just kind of, you know, gave her that comfort and then turned around and said, "Who was she?" You know. Yeah. yeah um, that was kind of cool. That was very cool. Um, so I mean, lots of people. I'd love to see that the Jenny girl come back. Love to see yeah. her be a companion. I'd love to have like a Victorian. I just thought that was. Lovely. Lesbian um, lizards? <laughs> well, you know, are they, aren't they? Who knows? Um, oh, they. <laughs> there's there's no answer. But, I mean, she gets really jealous when she's, like, looking at... You do know he's a guy, right? Oh, you all look the same. Pardon? Uh, on, well, a slightly, on a slightly mm. unconnected topic, they did that lizard's tongue a lot better in this one. It didn't look quite as strange as it did when they, they first did it in the... Uh, the two-parter before. Well, Because they did it going away from the screen and that worked. But, I mean, uh, there was a funny reference after that. Well, uh, that's true. I, I think a part of that might be, you know, because, again, we have Stefan Pearson as the uh, director of photography on this, and he, you know, lit the scene in a way that I think helped the CGI. Mm. Um, but that's my uh, little side point um as for the the central thing that i guess everybody's going to be talking about you know the the ending i don't know if that worked for me i mean I, it was kind of cool I, I, don't, I still don't completely understand first of all i'm a little disappointed because it's fairly 
ordinary and obvious. Um, well, it's not all that there is, is it? Surely, I mean, we know who no. River Song is. That doesn't tell mm. us what her relationship to the Doctor is, what her, mm. whether she's connected to the girl in the space. I mean, basically, right. it it only tells us one facet of I, who she actually is. She is the child of Rory and Amy. We know it's where she came from. We away. don't know how she got to where she is now. How did she become River Song? You know, uh, and why the cop relates to her and the Doctor. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, my point, I suppose, is just that I'm a little disappointed that she's at all connected to Amy. That that makes her a little bit more ordinary than I had expected back in Silence of the Library. Right. Um, that that has nothing to do with my feelings about Amy or how you know her her character may or may not be the best character in the world. It just has to do with the fact that I uh, had expected her to be more mystical than that. I mean, more mystical than some kid that was conceived in the time vortex. I mean, that doesn't seem as as interesting to me as, well, maybe she really is a time lord or maybe she's from another time-sensitive species or something like that. I'm not saying that further revelations might not make this better, but on the surface, it's kind of ordinary. It's not bad, you know, and it's good that we actually have an answer. It's good that we're not going to, you know, we're not still hanging on... Uh, you know, the bit in The Doctor's Wife where we get the little phrase that helps us unlock the mystery here. I mean, it's good that, in, in a way, a lot of Season 7 has been wrapped up, and yet, in the wrapping up, we have more questions. That's great. It's just, you know, does it have to be that she is just the daughter of Amy? Can't there be something a little more to that? I kind of well, hope could that be we are, yeah. go- are going to the mother of Amy as well. Well, you know. No, we were Amy's mother. Well, sure. Let's not go there. Um, but you know, that said, it was it was an okay sort of ending. I, the, the thing I don't really understand is the whole translation thing. Okay, fine. There's no water in the in the forest, but the river. Fine. So pond changes to river. But why does melody change to song? There's no word for. They didn't really say that. There's no word for melody in the forest, no. but song. <laughs> I was talking to my son about this, and his his thing about this was, why was she not known then as Song River, not River Song? Because song, if if melody translates to song, and pond translates to river, she should be called Song River, not River Song. Well, but I don't even think it's made clear why melody needs to change, because there's no there's no prefiguring prophecy. It's another or, word for a song, isn't it? Well, it's it. another word for it. Yes, I mean I, I get that it's you know a close cognate, but. There's no explanation within the narrative of why that word would change to why melody would change to song to keep us in the dark. Uh, I mean, it's, part of me, part of me thinks you know that maybe it's in, in her where she when she first meets the doctor and she realized you know maybe then she changes her name but uses you know she but that doesn't she explain. changes song to melody herself but takes on river rather than. Yeah, but that doesn't explain why Lorna Bucket's sewing would have been to sew the word melody that turned into song. The direct implication of the scene is that melody is a word in the language of Lorna Bucket that changes to song Song, because of the TARDIS translation circuit. Explain one but not the other, yeah. Yeah, it's very... That part is a little bit murky for me but you know that is really the last scene everything else up to that very last moment 
for me, pretty much parsed really, really well, and I just I thought it was a great ride and so much better than uh, a lot of what we got in season five. And I, I'm pretty satisfied with where we are right now. Right. In okay. This well, do you mind if I play a clip then, and nope. I'll go, and we'll certainly try and get back to you again, unless there's anything really pressing that you wanted to include nope, in this bit. Okay. Here we go then. Oh, this is nice. I like this. I mean, quite a lot of red. Hope it's not to hide the stains. <laughs> What's in the little boxes? Welcome, applicant, to the Order of the Headless. It is traditional for visiting armies of other faiths to offer individuals the conversion to our order. You have been selected. Are you ready to make a donation? And that was lovely, the uh, the sort of guillotine-type sound effect they put when that chap slams down that little uh, shutter thing. Um, lots to think about. First of all, as I said, right, uh, I'm not sure whether it was after we started recording, but before we started recording, um, I tend to watch Doctor Who now, and I don't always really relax and enjoy an episode when I first watch it because I'm I'm so worried they're going to mess it up for me uh, and uh, so I tend to always watch it and I almost relax and watch it more after the event uh, and by the time uh, Ian, Mike and myself do our commentaries um, I'm usually you know liking an episode more and more there was an awful lot to like in this they did give it an extra bit of time with the 48 minutes, and there were those nice uh, staff classes and set pieces at the beginning that worked really well to, to bring us into the story. Um, lots of uh, little pieces. Um, we didn't, of course, get the full revelation about River Song, I don't think, because the, when her and the Doctor are whispering together, it doesn't appear, I mean, he seems to pucker his lips up at her, it doesn't appear to be alluding to the fact that she's Amy's daughter at that point, Presumably, and they referred to it slightly earlier, that the cot has been used many, many times. The doctor, indeed, as a child had been in that cot. Uh, but the way that River Song was relating to the cot may be... Um, and also, by the way, the doctor, when Amy says to him, uh, you know, have you had a baby? He sort of sidesteps it. But maybe with River Song, he will have a, a baby that will end up being the mother of... Well, the mother of Susan if not uh, somebody else. Uh, one thing I noticed, by the way, and you have to watch it very quickly, is when um, Amy's seen the cot at the very beginning, she notices, we, we mentioned, I think last week, that there's this eye agenda with Doctor Who, or it may have been on the, the commentary, which I hope you guys in the room do check out those commentaries that we do and put up midweek. But um, as well as eyes, there's always been stars, you know, from the starry night of the Vincent Van Gogh and uh, where we had the young Amelia uh, in that time when there were no stars in the sky. There were two little stars on the uh, uh, on the cot and she actually takes one off and puts it in a pocket. Now, I don't know whether that will be relevant at some point in the future. Uh, I was talking with my brother-in-law about, uh, you know, uh, you know what he'd been doing at the weekend because I'd been watching all the sport, and he said, uh, oh, "I've been watching Enigma, which is um, uh, a Second World War um, about code breaking." And he said, "Yeah, it was really great." He said, "I didn't really get uh, some of the things, but he went on about this phrase, and of course, it turned out to be the crib, the crib being the thing that breaks the code." And I suddenly realised, is Stephen Moffat 
being very clever here when he not only had the crib that had the thing, but the crib was actually a crib to the identity of Riversong. Uh, I don't know whether I'm getting over clever or over reading that, but I thought it was really great that he would use the literal cot uh, to be called a crib as the crib that gives you the clue to breaking the code of who she is. I'm, I'm rather proud of that. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it, uh, the, the pirate joining it, we, we didn't see all the crew, we just saw the captain and his son, at least probably gave some more relevance to the way that pirates pirates episode ended with them going off in space because there was quite a few uh, people thinking that seemed to be an add-on and why did they do it well obviously it was to make them available for this episode one supposes um what else um the blue man and the 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 the, uh, the person who was the sort of uh, big fat blue man uh, when he walks off and he says oh it's just silly on me they won't uh, noticed me, and then there's a kathunk, and we. I thought he'd collapsed on the floor, but presumably it was his head dropping off. But when you saw, and there were only about three or four frames of this in a very darkly lit scene, you actually see the big blue man walking back with the monks, with no head, but more importantly than that, with his neck tied up. In other words, as though he was actually one of the monks all along. And all they've done is knocked his false head off us, some mechanical head. I mean, we're in the 22nd century, wherever we are here. So it's, we're in space. It's obviously that could have been a little bit like if you watched um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, um, where they're on Mars, where there's a woman with a false head there. Um, I, so that he was actually one of the monks, and he'd been part and parcel in, you know, getting all these people together. Uh, because he seemed to be very much in the know when he was being interviewed by the eye patch lady in his club. So uh, I'll, I'll be interested to know when other people speak whether they think he was one of the monks or whether he was just suddenly beheaded and he, he becomes an, a monk almost spontaneously. Um, I, I, certainly I, haven't... I, Go on. Go on. I think it was supposed to be spontaneously and that's one of the things that kind of took me out of it. It's like, uh, I don't think it would, you'd be able to manage that that quickly. Yes, it's a sci-fi show and anything's possible, but that was just done a little too quick for me. Cause, I mean, the, I think the implication is that they sliced his head off, because you can hear the sword sound and a thunk, and then the next thing he's walking around without his head, and I just that just seemed a little too... But it looked all tied up. It didn't look you yeah, know, no, like looked... a, some sort of ghoulish thing. It it seemed to have that same knot, knotted effect yeah. on the top of it. Yeah, it just took me out of it that it was supposed to have happened quite so quickly, you know. Right. The only thing that I didn't like, I mean, uh, I, I, with Kobo, I slightly agree with the fact that uh, I'd, I'm not too sure why the Jejun there, and I didn't particularly want the um, the Spitfires there, but I suppose, uh, and again, I don't think this is spoilerish, but I won't actually mention the word, but if you saw the title of the upcoming episode when the series comes back, it looks as though they were put in as a, uh, as a just a reminder that that was there because I've got a feeling we're going back to uh, Winston Churchill and that time period uh, in a future episode. So I think, again, they were put into it because of uh, where the pirates had the ship to be a payoff for this. I think the Spitfires were put in for a payoff in another episode. 
and again, uh, listening to the audios, I have to doing these little clips. There's lots of little things like um, there's just a throwaway line, like the the Spitzfires have been returned for their own time, and so on. Um, I love the uh, like uh, I love the Silurian and the Victorian setting one. Thought that was great. Uh, how did you find him? Rather str- was it stringy? <laughs> stringy yeah, brother. <laughs> Tasty, but rather stringy or something like that. And like. Uh, yeah, so uh, I really, uh, uh, and this is definitely going to be one that's growing and growing on me, uh, but I don't think they've answered all the queries about um, the thing. Uh, I agree that uh, Amy, uh, Rory uh, had a good part, and um, I really do think that the, some of the scenes play out better once you've almost, you almost have to scan through the thing and just enjoy it on one level, and then there's an awful lot more. But um, right. we want to get to, to Tim before it gets too late. So I'll just right. play another clip. We'll get to Tim, play another clip, and then we'll go to I Voted Saxon and then Resident Alien, if we may. So here's another short clip. Thank you, Parker. I won't be needing you again tonight. Yes, my lady. Not bad, Carly Mob. Another case cracked, are you? Jack the Ripper has claimed his last victim. How did you find him? <sighs> Stringy, but tasty all the same. I shan't be needing dinner. Congratulations, Mom. However, um, a matter has arisen in the drawing room. It just appeared. What does it mean? It means a very old debt to be repaid. Did somebody call for a nurse? Will I be okay? Of course you will, my boy. You'll be up and around in no time. Perhaps one day, you and I shall meet on the field of battle, and I will destroy you for the glory of the Santaran Empire. Thanks, nurse. I just have to ask, a Santaran nurse? I serve a penance to restore the honor of my clone batch. Who came up with that one? Tonight, though, perhaps my penance is over. Captain Harcourt? I hope someday to meet you in the glory of battle, but I shall crush the life from your worthless human form. Try and get some rest. And we'll go to Tim. Well, this was one of those episodes I worried about because there was rumours going around that this was part one of a two-parter that won't resolve itself till later in the year. But in the end, I think it was fairly self-contained. But it, it had stuff in it that just kind of made me go because the, the story on the whole was quite good but it had stuff in it that made me go sort of what and why is that happening uh, like um, is it not a nickel for anybody else that there's a Centauran living in Victorian England when the last time we saw the Centaurans they were being locked up for a thousand years so why is well, it's not Victorian England it is Victorian England. It's clearly it's Victorian England. It's, it's, it's the year 4144. No. Yeah, I think you meant Silurian. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll get to my quibbles with the Centaurian bit in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you said Silurian. You said Centaurian, yeah. so... He did, yeah. Go on, Tim. But it says something about how good an episode it is when the only things you can really pick up on are just little things that have nickled you. But... It, it 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 jarred with me that I I agreed with one of my friends on Twitter who took one look at that scene and said I want to spin off with that because or at very least a one-off 
special story would be kind of nice with Silurian going around solving crimes in Victorian era. Well, she could do it, they could do it as a, dot, a Doctor Light one, couldn't they, where he just mm. comes in for a bit of it or something. I can see a sitcom forming here. Jenny and the Lizard. Who's with me? No? Okay. But, if he um, went, once the big finish gets licensed, he might get that one. On the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the plus front with her character, that's one cool cosplay I expect someone will do at some future uh, con. Probably more likely an American one than the British one, because the American cosplayers seem a lot more uh, ambitious than the, the British ones. Liberated. <laughs> No, just just ambitious, just willing to work on stuff like makeup rather than just costume. As I friended recently on Facebook the uh, lady who was at Galia this year as a Silurian, mm. and she has done multiple really amazing cosplays in the past. And it was only when I looked at her Facebook page, I went, oh, you were the woman who was in the masquerade, and then... Spent the rest of the evening scaring the hell out of everybody <laughs> in LobbyCon. There's <laughs> a great photograph of her jumping up, jumping towards um, a slightly drunk-looking pool from Farrell's project. So, where was I? List of niggles. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, just... The, the, the Centauran bit was a bit odd to me, because they've said this is the far future... But then they've thrown me by putting all the people fighting in this army in costumes of like several hundred years ago, and then the setting didn't grab me as being far future. It looked contemporary. It kind of threw me that it. It's not very often I use the phrase "threw me out of the story," but that was one of them, or well, one of the few times when something like that has. Um. Yeah, when when the um the blue guy, who I was he was he called Dorian? It's it's Orion. It's, it's, it's something ending in that particular syllable. Dorian, I believe. Orium, yeah. Uh, you see, you see. Um. Oh God, my mind's a blank now. Thank you, Major A. Dorian Malova. It's it, 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 it's only one letter away from a British sitcom character a few years ago. Um, yeah, I, I really liked his character, and it was good to see him get some proper screen time now. And the moment his head got sliced off, uh, it reminded me a little bit of... Um, there's, um, I think it's an 80s computer game, possibly... Um, it may have been remade in the 90s, but there was a game on uh, 8 and 16-bit computers called Barbarian, which is a very simple game where you walk onto the screen as a sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger-type action movie-type sword-wielding character. In the screen, all very 2D. And you're both swinging stores, swords around, and the idea is to lob the head off the other guy. And it just reminded me of that great moment where you managed to defeat the the, the thing, and somehow they'd come up with a sound effect that they could put it in a family computer game back in the 90s, where you'd hear slice, <laughs> which was already 
which is rather satisfying. This being family television, they couldn't show any of that, so they instead they cut to that wonderful, which uh, had a sort of had a sort of um, guillotine, guillotine feel to yeah. it. It was also one of those stories that has been uh, has, has done a pattern that has turned up not regularly, but now and again, where you get to. And I think you've noticed this before, Dave, where you look at the clock and you go, hang on, we're only about halfway through the episode and suddenly everything's tying up and it's a happy ending. It's one of the few re- few times I agree with you about ad break moments. It might have been one of those things where at that point, just before everything went negative, that's where they could put their ad break in. But... Um, no, I, I, I think it was an episode of Two Halves. I think I... I enjoyed it more up to that point where things were going well, and then when everything went, the pacing went, went, certainly changed, went, didn't it? Yeah, it went, went a little bit all over itself like that to try and pull as many twists in as possible, like with the gang gang melody and that. Yeah. And um, can I just stop you there, Tim? A minute. I think Cobra has a slight delay, so. We just if she wanted to comment on that, and then we'll go straight back to you. Kobo, did you you want to make a comment? So you've got you've got a delay, I think. No, I was talking to my roommate. I'm sorry. I should have been on mute. Okay. Cheers. Okay. Thanks, Tim. We'll 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 cut to the chase in the last few minutes of the episode and the the, the big the big reveal. I think half the problem with this is it's been building up now for like a couple of years, so. To some extent, anything she says is going to be an anticlimax, and to me, it was a bit of an anticlimax because although it like relates directly to the story Moff is telling, because we've spent so long not knowing who she is, I'm sure half of us have made up our own ideal things. And in my case, it would have been something from the Doctor's past. She'd have been a regenerated Romana. She'd have been uh, the Rani turned good. Any number of things that could have connected to more directly to the Doctor. But uh, as, it, as it stands, it kind of fits in more with um, Moffat's uh, method of telling stories that have a, a heavy time element in them. And so I'm guessing that we're currently being led to believe that she gets brainwashed and turned into an assassin in the future. Well, you know, then, then something follow, that's, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, then if you follow through on everything we've seen, she's Time Lord enough to regenerate, and presumably it's not, it's not the, the little girl body that goes on to be um, River, it's one or possibly further on regenerations of that little girl body, but um, yeah, I was having a discussion with the son earlier today, and he said that this revelation meant that the the young girl in the spacesuit couldn't be River Song. I forget the explanation he, the son made, but he seemed pretty adamant that um, because of the way events had played out and the fact that River Song's life is in backwards order. If that had been the case, the girl in the spacesuit would have recognised the Doctor straight away. But um, I think it's still still quite unresolved, some of all this. 
there's certainly more to come. Or as Ian quite rightly mentioned as we talked before, um, we know who River Song is, but we don't really know anything more than you know her origin. Really, still. Well, I'm guessing that she does make further appearances this year, but. I have no knowledge of that off the top of my head, and it's just as well because people would only cry spoiler if I said, said one way or the other. But um, just because they've revealed who she is, as you, as you say, that doesn't necessarily it doesn't quite bring all the threads together that have begun a couple of years back and that have been running particularly heavily this year. But um, well, she certainly ends this story effectively as part of Team TARDIS, as it were, and so theoretically she could be in the next one, unless she's just about to walk back to her jail cell again. But, um... No, I... I um, uh, was it Kobo who was on first? And you, you yeah. used the word used the word over-ambitious. That's right. I... I, I, I I I, w- I w- wouldn't entirely agree with her, but I think there's a little bit of truth in that. In that I was watching it and thinking, they've thrown a lot at this one. It's not that off the top of your head you can name a, a story earlier in the season where they've clearly spent less money, but clearly they've made trip trips and drops of savings earlier on to like throw a lot at this one. Because there was <laughs> noticeably more CGI and more use of locations and well, lots of people in makeup, which all takes up time. Well, they ripped it to pieces and put it back together again. My other suspicion was that they'd taken that TARDIS corridor and remodelled it to be part yeah, of this yeah. um, space station. Because yeah, I looked certainly. down that corridor and I thought, the same shape, in it. All they've done is added stuff and repainted it and moved it around a bit. And it's quite clever the yeah, way they do I thought the exact opposite. It took me right out of it because all I did was stare at it and go, "Is that the same corridor from the TARDIS?" The whole time that actually <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, I, I think, the TARDIS yeah, corridor. I think I was probably thinking the same, Ian, and it does have that thing of being a bit distracting when stuff looks a bit similar like that. Just if they so, take the, the 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 squares and the circles off of it, it would have helped. It just would have been a a similar shape, but it had all the bits on it. And I was like, eh. <laughs> Well, no, no, nobody's nobody's given ratings yet, but I'll chuck mine mine in because I might disappear off in about fifteen Fair minutes. Enough. And that's Fair the, enough. I'll, I'll give it a strong four. It's a strong four, but I couldn't give it a five because, okay. as I, as I said, that's that that change of feel about halfway through. So, but we'll let someone whose brain's slightly more focused than mine take over now. I think. Okay, well, <laughs> if you can mute mute yourself now, and we'll we'll I'll play a clip, and then we'll go to I voted Saxon. Turn it off. I'm breaking in, not out. This is River Song back in her cell. Oh. Are you boys dressing up as Romans now? Dr. Song, it's Rory. Sorry, have, have we met yet? Time streams, I'm not quite sure where we are. Yes. Yes, we've met. Hello, Rory. What's wrong? It's my birthday. The doctor took me ice skating on the River Thames in 1814, but after the Great Frost Fairs. He got Stevie Wonder to sing for me under London Bridge. Stevie Wonder sang in 1814? Yes, he did. But you must never tell him. <laughs> he needs you. Demons run. 
How did you know? I'm from his future. I always know. They've taken Amy. And our baby. The doctor's getting some people together. We're going after her, but he needs you too. I can't. Not yet, anyway. Sorry? This is the battle of Demon's Run. The doctor's darkest hour. He'll rise higher than ever before and then fall so much further. And I can't be with him till the very end. Why not? Because this is it. This is the day he finds out who I am. And I'm going to play another clip before we go to I voted Saxon. But I just realised, of course, it was her birthday literally during the story as well. I'll play yes, another clip, then we've got to go on. So, uh, Majora brought that up in, in chat at the beginning um, by showing a picture. If you wouldn't mind putting that link back in there, that was rather good. I felt like such an idiot. <laughs> Cause it's like, it's like oh, I've just been out for my birthday. It's like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Hang on, God. wasn't she about a month old when Demons Run kind of knocked shut? Yeah, uh, she was about a month old. Yeah, but it, the, it's just interesting, kind of the you know she's yeah. been out for her birthday, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Right, I'll play a clip, and then we we will go to I voted Saxon. We need to move down the list pretty quick. He is not the devil. He is not a god. He's not a goblin, or a phantom, or a trickster. The Doctor is a living, breathing man. And as I look around this room, I know one thing. We're sure as hell gonna fix that. Yeah! Yeah! Some of you have wondered why we have allied ourselves with the Headless Monks. Perhaps you should have wondered why we call them Headless. time you knew what these guys have sacrificed for faith. By the divine grant of the papal mainframe herself, I can show you the truth. Because these guys never can be persuaded. They never can be and they can never, ever be surprised. And I just, just point out that uh, in the confidential, Stephen Moffat says the idea for them was from a text they did, but in the 11th hour, of course, he takes Amy to uh, where somewhere which is the final resting place of the headless monks. So uh, that was mentioned. Was it Pandorica Opens, was it? it was in that? No, time, of angels. Oh, no. time of angels. Time of angels, time of angels Major. was it? <laughs> Majora corrects me again. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you have to come on audio because you obviously uh, have a lot to contribute. Anyway, I voted Saxon. Sorry for the long wait. <laughs> and we'll go to Resident Alien after you. Okay. Are you there? Sure. Good. Uh, I really like this episode, and uh, I, you know, I expect the uh, finales and you know the mid-season. Uh, finale in this case to be grander you know it started out with the first series of the new era where we saw the uh the daleks at the uh in the finale and then the second series i think it was the daleks and the cybermen and i think that set the precedent that the finales were going to be big whether you like it or not that was just the way that they were going to do it 
and I like it, you know. And uh, I, I heard a lot of questions during this episode. I was thinking about the name Pond and River, you know, since, you know, they first introduced her. And I thought that there was a connection there. I'm sure I'm not the only one who thought there was a coincidence in, in the naming. I didn't know exactly what it meant, you know, whether, you know, Amy was River or, or, or what. But, uh, you know, the the revelation didn't surprise me. Uh, but, you know, I know that there was more than one possible outcome. They definitely wanted you to think for at least a few seconds that uh, River was actually a future incarnation of the Doctor, the way that you never saw that they were looking at the prayer cloth. You know, you you could assume they were looking at the name on the uh, on the cot. Or the on the crib. side of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the end. And, you know, everything that the doctor said about, but we, you know, kissed and everything could have meant that he was talking to a future uh, doctor, you know, so, but they, you know, they dashed that. And I think they just threw that out there for the people who had that as their long held. Are a couple that maybe used the cot themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the way I took it for a few seconds was at least they were trying to say, that the doctor was talking to himself, you know, and that, you know, but, you know, I really didn't believe that because I felt for a long time that this is the way that they were going to go ever since, you know, uh, Amy's uh, pregnancy was was announced. And uh, uh, as far as the name, I do question with the way that she holds Rory in such high regard when she was describing the man that was coming to rescue them. You know, you could assume that she was talking about the doctor, but she was, in fact, talking about Rory being the last of his kind and being hundreds of years old as the last centurion. So she holds Rory in such high regard, but she doesn't like his name, so she's going to give the baby her last name, and then that allows the name to be loosely translated in an alien language to uh, River Song. And as far as the names being reversed... I was thinking of the uh, Binjarans in, in Star Trek, the way that they reverse their surname and family names. And right. That, uh, that could be a practice in the uh, Gamma Forest. Where... I mean, same as some Matthew, his his theory was that it just shows that Stephen Moffat didn't have everything planned out to exact detail, and in one or two places he sort of bent the jigsaw puzzle to match. Had to tie together very loosely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that. But, you know, you also have to realize it's fiction and you need to enjoy it for what it is. Any standout bits that you liked? I mean, did you like seeing all the different aliens? I really really liked the bit where they're talking about the doctor's anger. And it wasn't like a, a shouting, spitting kind of anger. He was biting his lip and he was saying, you know, the next time someone asks you, if going after the people I love is a good idea. And he didn't say going after my friends. He said going after the people I love. And I felt that was a very big moment, you know, for him mm. to show that, you know, these, that these people, and that, like I said, they, they come and they go in, 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 in the TARDIS. And, you know, some of them spend longer than others. But he said, these people I love. 
and I felt that was a big deal for his character. Mm. One thing I thought was that later on towards the end when he says to Amy and Rory, you know, uh, we will get we will get her back on my life. And then with the thing that we were talking about right at the beginning, the um, the uh, the little shot of a, a certain thing holding a, uh, you know, sonic screwdriver, I thought perhaps he does mean Betty's life on it as well. Right. Well, I, I've seen that clip. And like I said, I don't know what it means. You you can assume that you, you know what it means. But, you know, we've been tricked before. So we just, <laughs> have, to, yeah. we just have to wait and see. And, and we've also like, seen we've also welcome. we have also seen more than one uh, sonic screwdriver this season, haven't we? Indeed. And uh, when the uh, doctor ganger was facing against uh, uh, was it Jenny Jennifer? I forget the name of the uh, the other ganger. Uh, Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah. Because we had yeah. Jenny in this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. He said that there may be a way out of this, so you know we we may not have seen the last of that doctor or that screwdriver. Well, we haven't had the one with the red settings on yet, have we? So, I'm sorry. We haven't had the screwdriver from Silence in the Library, the one with the red settings on it, right, Forest right. of the Dead. Right. So, um, and, there's uh, still things to come. Yeah, you definitely re- reminded me that seeing this episode makes me want to go back to every episode <laughs> that uh, River was in the episode with either Amy or Rory and tried to see if there was any subtle clues about, because you would assume that she was there to help the doctor, but she was also there sometimes to help her future mother and father, maybe. And that they right. had to try to see. I know that there was a, a scene in the time of angels after uh amy had been uh infected or whatever by the uh by the angel that uh river was giving her a shot or something and you you didn't see the whole conversation you thought like there was something missing because they cut away and i always wanted to know even back then what she might have said to her you know what that meant. And I guess we know now that she was being protective of her mother. Okay. I'm going to pause you there, if I may, because uh, we've still got about four more people to to go. Uh, I'm just playing another clip, but thank you for that contribution. I might have to to poke out early, so I just want to say five out of five, for sure. Oh, certainly. That's good of you to say that. Okay, I'll play a clip, then we'll go to Resident Alien, and then Willis Girl. I need to get off this station now. Bring me the child. Remember, the doctor must think he's winning right until the trap closes. I'll take my ship from here. Airlock engaged. Shuffle ready for boarding. No. I have a crew of 20. How do you expect to gain control of my ship? Ours, All airlock sealed, resistance neutralized. Three minutes, 42 seconds. Let's run away. I want you to be famous for those exact words. I want people to call you Colonel Runaway. Look, I'm angry. That's new. I'm really not sure what's going to happen now. The anger of a good man is not a problem. Good man. 
have too many rules. Good men don't need rules. Today is not the day to find out why I have so many. Hmm? Give the order. Oh, that's a good clip to bring in, Resident Alien. Hello, it's Mark here. <laughs> Hi, um, yeah, I, I thought this was uh, fabulous. I loved it. I, I'm slightly surprised, actually, by... I, I realise that most of you seem to have enjoyed it. I'm slightly surprised that it's only really Darcy's massively enthused about it. Uh, for me, it was a it was a really memorable episode, and and passed that it passes that test of the kind of episode that you want to go back and rewatch lots of times. Um, I was fun. Um, it had a feel to me. It'd probably be an unpopular comparison, but it felt a bit to me like Journey's End. Um, I think it kind of did Journey's End, but Moffat style. So, you know, we didn't have one big central baddie like Davros, you know, kind of wheeling in. Um, but it was better for that. And we, we still had that same sort of theme of the Doctor, you know, being, um, you know, being kind of got at by, you know, all of these, uh, you know, all these uh, different enemies. And, and, and at the same time, you've got this, you know, there was a thing there where they kind of have to show all the damage that the 10th Doctor had done to everyone. And it was kind of, it just has that slightly sort of clunky feel to it in Journey's End. This is the way, I think, to do it a little bit better. So I, I, I love the feel of it. It's a little bit kind of James Bond in the sense that, you know, for they have to find some enormous warehouse somewhere to have lots of people tromping around in. And as soon as you've arrived in the warehouse, you know you're going to be there for the rest of the episode. But, I mean, that's just a convention of, of you know, not just science fiction, but, but any, you know, any of these things going back, you know, uh, decades and decades. But, uh, yeah, there are lots of things I liked about it. One of the things um, that I thought was fantastic, has already been mentioned, are the... I'm really flabbergasted by how good an actor Matt Smith is. I I know we already knew this from last season, but but this season there's been a couple of moments where I just thought, my goodness, that man is good. I'll tell you one of the moments. It was in the second episode, Day of the Moon, right at the end, where River Song's just kissed him, and he kind of nervously scratches his face. And I thought, that is this, that couple of seconds of acting there is as good as anything I've seen. And then there was a, there was a moment in yesterday's episode, very similar. Uh, it was the moment we should mention where he kind of bites his lip, where where the real anger is showing. And it is the, the, the thing about really great acting, not just good acting, but really really great acting, that actually makes your heart skip a beat. You actually, for that second, you're with that person, and it's it's mm. it's, it's kind of visceral. And for me, it had that moment there. And we've been promised it. We've been told about how the Doctor gets angry. And I was kind of imagining, oh, gosh, we're going to have him ranting and raving like we had in uh, Beast Below, as Darth mentioned earlier. But it wasn't. It was in that moment where you look at his chin crumpling up. I was actually, I, don't, I didn't know what to do, but, but, it was, but there was a feeling of emotion as you, as, you, as you saw that. So that, I think, was one of the really standout things for me. And, and that matters a lot to me because... You know, I, I watch a lot of old, you know, a lot of classic Who, and I adore watching classic Who. But, you know, as we all know, the acting was, was mixed. The Doctors, on the whole, were fantastic. But some of the other acting wasn't so great. And that's been one of the real differences in, in, in New Who, that, 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 that there's, you, there's very rarely a moment where you have a little smile to yourself about the style of acting, you know. So that was one thing I, I, I really rather liked. Um, I, I wonder whether, whether one of the reasons that 
it hasn't had a kind of a universal thumbs up amongst the fans is is because it's it had all the feel of an end of season end of series finale but it's our first taste of a kind of mid series finale you know where we have to wait and we're not used to it you know we've actually got we we, we we've come to expect you know a good 12 or so episodes and then this and we got this very, very early on. I mean, you think of uh, this time, you know, last year, where would he, where we got to uh, by episode seven? We must have been round about Vincent and the Doctor, somewhere like that, Amy's, Amy's Dream, Amy's Choice, whatever. You know, at the mid-season there, we'd still got a long way to go, hadn't we? Whereas here, very, very sudden. And I think, it, I don't know, I felt slightly unnerved, but I liked it. I liked feeling a little bit unnerved. It makes me feel a little emotional because you you don't know what to expect. And then when you see the Doctor being emotional, when you keep getting these big reveals, I think it does give you that moment of excitement. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, and it, uh, well, actually, uh, I, I should say that... Uh, Really, my appreciation for this uh, episode is growing. I do think it, it, it is going to be one of my real favourites. Um, there, there was an. Uh, I, I would actually say to some people, well, I tell them to listen to the commentary anyway. But actually, you could almost turn the picture off on this and just listen to the dialogue because there is fantastic amount of uh, things every little thing is there if if you listen to it every little thing is explained and uh, uh, you can't say i can't say highly enough that steven's writing here is uh, is brilliant in that way i mean he he might mess about with us he might be sort of keeping us hanging on a string but um the, i think again it, what we've got to remember it wasn't the season climax so right. say it was a mid-season climax there was quite a considerable payoff i think but he's certainly keeping a few cards close to his chest Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm agreed. I, I mean, I'm loving the fact that every time that we think we're getting things tied up, you actually have more uh, more things to whet your appetite for the next time round. And, and this has been a real hallmark of Moffat's writing. You know, the fact that we got to the end of Big Bang and we've got more questions at the end of it, at the end of last season, than we had, you know, two episodes earlier. And that's how I feel now. All right, we know about, you were saying, Dave, that, you know, we now know what River Song's origins are. You know, we know that she's Amy's daughter, but that's all we know. We, 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 you know, we and otherwise, and we know her end, but there's a heck of a lot in the middle that we still haven't filled in. You know, so I, I'm loving that kind of writing because I think it it's, uh, it, it keeps dragging you back in. It stops you from the thing. The thing is, with, with something like Doctor Who that doesn't have an absolute formula where you know what you're going to get every week, you can keep changing things a little bit like Moffat's doing. But one of the things that's exciting is that every time he ties one little thing up, there's at least two or three more threats. And some of them might not pay off for four or five years. I mean, I suspect the thing, you know, people keep mentioning about uh, Jenny, you know, the um, doctor's daughter, Jenny. Mm. I mean... I doubt, I doubt she's going to come back anytime soon. But, you know, you wouldn't rule it out for, you know, three or four years' time or something. And I think one of the things he's doing, he's got certain things that he knows he's going to uh, do this season, some things he knows he's going to do next season. But then there's other things. He probably doesn't yet know when he's going to do them. And he, he probably thinks I'm leaving them there for a future person to pick up, you know. Yeah, so, I, it, wouldn't yeah. Surprise, it wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't an amateur magician because he seems to have the art of <laughs> mis- he has the art of misdirection very well. You know, you're watching the right yeah. hand, uh, and the the left hand is placing something on the table. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, so uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and uh, I take your point. I, I would have thought there would have been a more universal acclaim for this, but we're still. I mean, Ian, I'm sure is going to rave. But if you don't mind, I will move on uh, sure. so we can get through. And uh, do you want to give a rating now? Because we're just in case we oh, can't I'm get five back out to you. Five. Right, I'm five excellent. out of five. Yep. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, we'll ask for people to put it in text later. I'll have another clip, then we'll go to Willis Girl. You've had Universe Software, then? I believe I sold it to the... Oh, so what have we learned? That anger is always the shortest distance to a mistake. Now, I have a question, a simple one. Is Melody human? Sorry, what? Of course she is. Completely human. What are you talking about? They've been scanning her since she was born. I think they found what they were looking for. Human DNA. Look closer. Human plus. Specifically, human plus time lord. But she's human. She's Amy and Rory's daughter. You've told me about your people. They became what they did through prolonged exposure to the time vortex. The untempered schism. Over billions of years. It didn't just happen. So how close is she? Could she even regenerate? No, no, I don't think so. You don't sound so sure. Because I don't understand how this happened. Which leads me to ask when did it happen? Well, how would I know? That's all human, private stuff. It just sort of goes on. They don't put up a balloon or anything. Could the child have begun on the TARDIS in flight in the vortex? No, no, impossible. It's all running about, sexy fish vampires, and blowing up stuff. And Rory wasn't even there at the beginning. Then he was dead, then he didn't exist. Then he was plastic. Then I had to reboot the whole universe. Long story. So, technically, the first time they're on the TARDIS together in this version of reality was on their... On their what? Mm. On their wedding night. And there, get a little bit more confirmation about how the Time Lords became Time Lords. Uh, Ian, did you want to come in there before we go to uh, Willis Girl? Um, no, I'm... I'm okay. Good. Okay. Willis Girl? Okay. Um, initially, I love the uh, episode. I still love it. Um, in retrospect, I found it a little bit predictable because, you know, all of fandom, including myself, had predicted that River is Amy's daughter. So I found that bit, you know, just a little anticlimactic. Um, I still can't figure out what the so-called game changer was that Stephen Moffat was talking about. Um, is it just that River has a smidgen of Time Lord DNA or that there should never, ever be any um, hanky-panky in the TARDIS? Else you'll end up with someone with a little bit of uh, Time Lord DNA. Yeah, can I just ask Mark to mute himself, please? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... Uh, overall, I was just looking for something a little bigger. Well, considering this um, uh, game changer, I thought it would be something bigger like the return of Jenny or maybe gas, 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 the return of Paul McGann. Still, it was a good episode. Give it a five out of five. Um, things I loved about the episode was that the doctor can translate baby. I found that so adorable. Gucci, <laughs> gucci, Yeah. <laughs> And um, I love the the Santarian nurse. I found him hilarious. Um, I love Rory. He finally stepped up to the plate. He, like, (laughs) rocked in this episode. Rory rocked. Um, And uh, overall, I enjoyed the episode. Five out of five. 
Wow, excellent and concise. Right. Well, we'll move on, if we may, and uh, I'll play another clip, and then we'll go to Scardis. Sorry about the long wait, Scardis. At all costs, protect the child! Child? Not a weapon! Oh, give us time. She can be. She will be. Except you've already lost that, and I swear I will never let you anywhere near her again. <laughs> oh, Doctor. Fooling you once was a joy. But fooling you twice, the same way, it's a privilege. run when a good man goes to war. Night will fall and drown in sun when a good man goes to war. Friendship dies and true love lies. Night will fall and the dark will rise when a good man goes to war. Demons run but count the cost. The battle's won but the child is lost. Wakey, wakey. And I won't say what Darl said, won't remind us all of that on that very climactic clip. Let's go to Scardis. Sorry, have me, me, boom to the corner. Right. Uh, yeah, I love that episode. Absolutely fantastic episode, I thought. Um, um, great reveal. Now, a couple of the points I just want to bring up uh, that I want to say. At the very, very start, you know, um, the one thing it wasn't too keen about was that uh, the, the, at the very start the, 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 the sort of the misguidance sort of almost soap style misguidance that they did there when um, Amy was you know kind of um, talking to Melody kind of raving her up a bit when saying you know there's someone coming for you the last of his kind and they have a name for him the last centurion I mean when has Amy ever been so prophecy prophetic, whatever you want to say, about Rory. I mean, he's just the dumb. You know, she she she's never been the type to you know make prophecies and or, or, or talking at our start. So I thought that that was a bit odd. You know, cause it's clear they're trying to nod them towards the doctor uh, when it actually she meant Rory. But yeah, I I I didn't think that quite worked, but. Anyway, so if, if if I might interject on that, um, one you're supposed to it's it's that the whole bait and switch. You're thinking she's going to say the doctor again, but she doesn't. Um, and the other thing is she's talking to her newborn daughter, and she's talking about her daughter's father. Um, so she's building it up big. She's talking about big, and I I totally got that. You know, she's like, don't you know, don't be afraid because your dad's coming. You know, and I kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of cute, but I, you know, I just wanted you to see the opposite side of it. You know. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take that point soon. Uh, I'll take that point on board. Uh, also, kind of um, silver this year. The doctor has been. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'll see a, a thread. The doctor has been a bit on the violent side uh, this year. You know, the whole. The, the the. He's been more the no second chance guy than Tennant was. You know, you had him. You know, get interest to finish off uh house in the, the that 
of course you have the the thing the silence you didn't really have a, a monster as such in in pirate to to, to go after but um yeah you know and i'm just wondering is this why the doctor is was so you know kind of resigned to fate uh at the start of of the series you know when he just stood back and let himself be shot was this because he you know it was a bit of remorse for for the, how violent he got uh, the reason I'm bringing this up, of course, now is, you know, the doctor's message. I'm blowing up your entire Cyberman fleet. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, um, that was interesting. Uh, another thing to point out was the Lorna girls, the uh, Lorna Bucket, the, the, the soldier. I thought that was a lovely character and um, kind of poignant that, you know, he, he, he just assumes everybody he meets, he just gets them to run with him. And, and and so that's that's if I just say didn't we run great and that that'll just cover everyone. It's kind of sad that, you know, it We're getting uh, a little bit of buzzing on your audio, Scarlett. Uh, just to mention that to you, if uh, everything I'm saying coming out is it? Yeah, it's coming a little bit buzzy. But uh, anyway, continue and um, you better give a rating as well whilst you're on. And uh, just yeah, um, while I'm interrupting you, let me just tell people in about 15 minutes. Podshot will be starting on Touch ID two double three five eight. Go on. Um, yeah. The other point is that on the starting credits, I'm sorry no one picked this up. The uh, they seem to be adding more and more every week. And this week, once the Doctor Who symbol comes up, you hear the the, the thumb as the the TARDIS starts to fire up. You know, you get that kind of you know the boom and, and it starts to grate. As it comes I was out, wondering if that one. was new. Yeah, that ah, is new. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I never thought of that before. Stupid, <laughs> but <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was new. <laughs> yeah, it is new. Um, and you hear some Hartnell uh, sound in there too. Yes, when the Silurian. I'll come to the next point. When the, when uh, it was in the Silurian study, you hear that hum mm. of the TARDIS, and that's the. It was the classic style hum. Um, we mentioned already the. Well, no, I was talking in the, in the titles themselves. After you hear the the TARDIS landing sound, you then hear the little I don't know what it's the sparkly effect or whatever that's in an unearthly child. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another reason to go back and watch again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there must be either a vortex manipulator or another time-traveling ship out there somewhere, because otherwise how did Danny Boy and uh, the rest of those Silurians and all them just turn up? You know, and the pirates, actually, because the pirates were based around the 1400s. I mean, they, they found a ship, but, but there was nothing indicated it was a time-traveling ship. So how did they all turn up in the right time stage for Demon's Run? So that makes me assume there must be either a Vortex Manipulator Another time ship or something else there transported, and, and, and the doctor knows it because he runs off in, in the TARDIS at the end, leaving Amy, Rory, River, and everybody else just standing there on Demon's Run with basically no way. He tells River take them home, uh, but doesn't really tell leave anybody with how to, how how to how to do that. So that's uh, that's a point that needs to be picked, probably picked up later. Uh, one more thing about the child. Not sure 
I'm not 100 sure that that regenerating child is Melody River or, or who it is because why doesn't you know River remember being that child? Yeah, that, I mean, that was the thing the point that, the son had made to me, yeah. Yeah, why doesn't River remember this whole thing? Now, it might be something to do with the silence. You know, maybe they uh, might have watched it or something. Yeah, mm. might be something to do with that. But, um Overall, you know, there's, there's enough to keep us, you know, I, I, you know, we're going to be talking now for the next two and a half months or whenever it comes back. And, um, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to the second half of the series and, and hopefully a nice regular time slot and nice dark evenings and just the dark episodes and, and looking forward to the future and rating-wise, four and a half out of five. Brilliant. Thank you. And thank you for being size i'll try and fit you in much earlier next week what i thought i'd do in is i've got two more clips to play so with okay. your permission i'll play both of them back to back and no, then no you've got the rest of the the time yep well then soldier how goes the day where the hell have you been every time you've asked i have been there where the hell were you today i couldn't have prevented this you could have tried when you began all those years ago, sailing off to see the universe, did you ever think you'd become this? The man who can turn an army around at the mention of his name. Doctor. The word for healer and wise man throughout the universe. We get that word from you, you know. But if you carry on the way you are, what might that word come to mean? And now they've taken a child. The child of your best friends. And they're going to turn her into a weapon just to bring you down. Who are you? Oh, look, you're caught. Haven't seen that in a very long while. No, no you tell me. Tell me who you are. I am telling you. But, but that means... I'm afraid it does. <laughs> but you and I, we, 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 we are... Yes. <laughs> How do I look? Amazing. I better be. Yes, you'd better be. <laughs> Bastion Jenny, till the next time. Roy and Amy, I know it's find your daughter, and on my life, she will be safe. River, get them all home. Doctor! No! Where are you going? Yeah, on my life, I think that's going to be significant. I'll play the last clip. Quick question, everyone. That's right. Quick question, anyone. Um, was anyone else thinking at that stage, Doctor's mother? You know, when the whole crib thing and hang on, we kept and that was weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's why I said that she might be the daughter of Amy, but maybe the the the, the mother are not of Amy, but of somebody. Yeah, there's there's definitely more to come, I think. Okay, let's go to the clip, and Ian can have his chat. Yes. Where is he going? What did you tell him? Amy, you have to stay calm. Tell me what you told the doctor. Uh, no, stop it. It's okay, Rory. She's fine. She's good. It's the TARDIS translation matrix. It takes a while to kick in with a written word. You have to concentrate. I still can't read it. It's because it's Gallifreyan and doesn't translate. But this will. your daughter's name in the language of the forest. I know my daughter's name. So they don't have a word for pond. The only water in the forest is the river. 
The doctor will find your daughter, and he will care for her whatever it takes. And I know that. It's me. I'm Melody. I'm your daughter. Okay, sorry, Ian, um, but it's your turn. <laughs> Why are you sorry? Well, because we've left you... Oh, that's perfectly like... all right. <laughs> okay. Um, in part, I have to agree with uh, Silent Tardis in, in the text chat uh, upon giving ratings in there. Thank you for opening your ratings in there. That'll be great. I'll read them out at the end. Um, on the first viewing, I was like, eh. The beginning was great. When I was watching it yesterday... Uh, all the bits with Rory, of course. As I keep saying, I'm a Rory fangirl. And no, I didn't make a mistake there. I'm a Rory fangirl. Um, I I just love uh, Arthur Darrell's delivery of all of those lines and the, the whole setup and the... Do you want me to repeat the question? <laughs> it was just wonderful. And the, the, the way he spat out, where's my wife? I like that. Um, and the pulling the rug out from under you by by talking up the, you know, he's the last of his kind, blah, 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 blah. And then you're thinking, oh, great, it, the doctor's, you know, it's going to be the doctor's kid. Oh, no, she's talking about Rory, yes. <laughs> um, Amy was next to useless in the whole episode, but hey, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was, the start was good. I think it kind of fell apart towards the end. Not a big fan of the reveal. It's good, I mean, uh, but I was hoping for something a little more, I don't know. We've been waiting for so long. It's one of the things, is, it was either going to be uh, a mind-blowing uh, reveal or I think a bit of a letdown. Um, and as my, as I told the joke earlier, uh, we finally get uh, River Song's identity. She's an auntie, an anticlimax. But the, the whole thing looked great, um, and this is one of the few times I've actually watched The Confidential, and uh, they did a really nice job uh, adding some scale to that place and and really making it look nice. Um, nice to see the Cybermen out in space doing stuff rather than just cropping up on Earth every now and then and popping through portals, and you know, uh, it's good to see them out there doing something, whether they're I mean, we're never going to see, I think, classic Cybermen like we remember them from, you know, whenever we saw them last. Uh, they're never going to look like that again. Uh, and there's never, there's probably never going to be a reference to which Cybermen are which, because, to be honest, uh, the not we don't really care. Um, but it's good to have them there, and, uh, and the whole bit with them and Rory was, was terrific. Loved the Sontaran. Um uh, thought it was great that his penance was helping out, you know, and uh, looking after the weak. Uh, it was that was kind of well played, and also it made him. They made him a nurse, and uh, he died like a warrior, and in the in the arms of a nurse. Uh, the whole kind of positioning of him and Rory. Uh, 
you know, Rory being the nurse, of course. Uh, great uh, uh, acting from from Nev McIntosh because totally different character to to uh, uh, when she last appeared. Just fantastic. I mean, I had no idea it was her until I looked at the. the I thought, well, she looks a bit like it, but you know, also Lorenz looked like to me. Uh, but yeah, totally different character and totally bought into it. Uh, the same with Anne Starkey uh, as Strax. I mean, yeah, they all look alike, so you can get that. And, but he's he's great as a Santaran. He's their kind of standby Santaran guy, and he's really good at it. Uh, thought that the that it was going to be another fake Amy. Didn't didn't know it was going to be a fake baby. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise. Liked it. Uh, <laughs> I must not read the chat while I'm talking. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things with, with, with these episodes. I find that I, every time I watch them, I like them a little more. Um, just the end of it seemed a bit. I expected a, a big cliffhanger ending, not kind of a well. I'm off to to find the baby kind of thing. Yeah, it's cliffhangery, but it just doesn't really didn't really seem to go anywhere. I don't think I'm not looking forward to. I mean, yes, I'm looking forward to Doctor Who coming back, but I'm not like, oh, we have to wait that long to find out the resolution. We kind of know where the baby went. The baby ends up on Earth uh, in in the spacesuit. Um, so we think so, uh, unless that turns out to be completely mm. bollocks as well. I don't know, yeah. but that's that's the kind of thing. It's kind of like like the doctor said, uh, you know, we know how this kind of plays out. You know that she ends up down there in the spacesuit. That's that's where the baby is. Um, whether she goes there first, I don't know, because I've got a feeling that we might uh, we might get to um, experience this uh, this forest that they were talking about. Um, where uh, yeah. where that girl like came Darth, from? Yeah, if Darth Darth will be happy with that, I would imagine. Right. Well, because uh, he did kind of allude to like I know where the baby is, but they'd already discussed the them taking it to Earth. So I'm wondering if that's where he's going next because I don't know. Also, you know, River seems to know quite a bit about that place as well, even though she's, as far as we know, separated from uh, Rory and Amy so early on. You know, how would she know that this piece of cloth, you know... And the language and in the river, yeah. yeah. And apparently she doesn't have it with her because Amy and Rory have it. And it all depends on, I guess, if, if and when they get the baby back. So it does it does leave some questions out there, but I just don't think there's enough of a huge cliffhanger to go, oh my God, I can't believe we have to wait. Um, so, yeah, it's... I liked it. It was it was good. Uh, loved the the additional characters. I love how the uh, the anger that the doctor, like everybody has said so far, the the, the way Matt Smith portrayed that. Um, I mean, I usually find that when I get angry, I get very very emotional, and you can see the emotion in his face as he got angry. It wasn't shouty doctor. The shouty doctor is just to scare people and 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 to pretend he's angry. Um, this was a this was true real anger, true real emotion, and and he played it well. Uh, like everybody has said, you know, the, the quivering in his lip and and biting the and you know, very well done. The way he was talking to him, he starts off joking with like, you know, I want you to tell them to all to run away. I want you to be you know, 
be referred to as that, you know, um, and then just sidle into this kind of, I'm really pissed off. And then him telling Ipatch Lady about, you know, uh, you don't want to know why there's so many, uh, why I have so many rules. You know, it kind of, yeah, she slapped him in the face with that, oh, you know, it's kind of like the, the Daleks have always done, you know, well, you've you've got your emotions and all that, and that's why you won't do this and then that and the other. She kind of did the same thing, like, well, I can do whatever I want because I don't have your morals, your 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 guidelines, and like, well, wait till you see what happens when they're gone, you know, when I throw the rule book out and say, the heck with it, you know, that was kind of neat. But yeah, um, didn't still didn't like the Spitfires in space. I'm like, of all the places that the Doctor's been, and all the things, you know, all the races that he's helped out, he went to Earth and got Spitfires that could fly in space. Really? That's who you chose? Um, well, I think it's being put in text that might just relate to the name of the episode that when we come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it is going to... Well, I, I believe it's going to come back again. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. I hate the Spitfires in space, and I still hate the Spitfires in space. Uh, yeah. Um, and the, the the corridor did bug me, because they, all I kept thinking was, oh, that's the TARDIS corridor being reused. The Oval Office reuse has been good, because you, all it is is a you know, circular room. And, like I said to Liam, it's not often you get a circular room. Uh, in, in a show, usually they're square for the very reason you can take out one wall and film, and then you can, you know, it's a lot easier construction wise to have a square. Um, and so it's good that they've made use of the set. And one of the things we uh, uh, we were talking about last night was what if there's going to be a reuse, what if they dress the front of the wall? It took a lot of time and effort to do the crown molding and everything. I just wonder whether they've put something in front of that, um, so that oh, basically so. the basically it the, looks the smaller. yeah the 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 all their work is in behind that wall and yeah. and they're planning on reason using the the Oval Office again. It'd be interesting, I but think so. a great reuse of of that area because it totally doesn't show unless you're like. You know, like when you uh, watch the confidential, you, you realize that they're, they're, yeah, they're they're making good use of their budget, and it's lovely to see, uh, turning a hangar into into you know, this space station, and they did a really good job of it, you know. Um, but I'm going to leave it there because I know everybody's got to get off and get things done, and uh, and I, you know, everybody else has said, but it's the same thing. <laughs> uh, do, you want so, me, do you want me to read the ratings out or? Did you give your yeah. rating? You said, oh, what? It, it's, it's a four out of five, only because um, right. there's, there's been better. And, and well, I mean, I've already promoted uh, The Doctor's Wife to six out of five anyway, because, you know, <laughs> once you okay. hit that kind of a ceiling, you've got to go somewhere else. <laughs> Let me read them quickly then. Uh, Resident okay. Alien reminds us that there's, his was five out of five. Yeah. Guess 14, four out of five. Uh, my first watching was like on just under a four, but it's gone up to four and a half now. I've watched it a few times. Um, uh, five out of five for Sean, 59. Um, God, they're moving about a bit. Um, <laughs> have I missed any others? I think I must have done. Uh, some, of course, have... Um, let, me, let, let me do my quick... quick Scardis. 
Skyros four and a half out of five. Uh, uh, Silent Tardis three out of five on the first view. Second view five out of five. Steve Law is four out of five. Cybob three out of five. Sonic Sam five out of five. Willis Girl five out of five. Uh, Jumpy Ghostface gave it a five out of five earlier. Um, he just kind of you know it's a little early, but hey. <laughs> Resident Alien, 5 out of 5. So I think, yeah. Oh, and I voted for Saxon. 5 hot redhead mother in laws out of 5. Oh, <laughs> that reminds me, I did love the little bit where, <laughs> where the doctor realizes, you know, who, who River Song is and, and then does the whole bit about looking good in front of the in laws. You know, how do I look? <laughs> realizing we kissed. Um, oh, I better look good in front of the in laws. You know, ah, that was quite cute. <laughs> right. And the fact that he wasn't like, oh my god, you know, um, he didn't treat it as a as a huge reveal. Uh, he's like, oh, what, really? Cool. <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah, I think that, that. I love the bit. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that, the, the, the other good face from Matt Smith was when you know the whole time of, you know, when was the first time that Amy and Rory managed to get alone time together? <laughs> it was on their way. Ah, yeah. that was good yeah. as well. I love how the doctor is so ill at ease with that. Like, oh, it, it's it's humany stuff. They don't. It's not like they put a balloon up. <laughs> okay, well, let's yeah. wrap it up there. Thank you. We've yes. had a tremendously great number of people in the room. I don't think we've got time to say goodbye. If people will accept a global goodbye from us today, yes. I think Ian, and thank you, you can play us out. Yeah, thank you to everyone for showing up today. Um, we will be back off to uh, to uh, well, we actually will be talking about Doctor Who next week. Uh, but we will be talking about possibly. I've got some ideas for something else, though, Dave. But uh, yeah, I might save that for the next week. Uh, we were talking about how to get into classic Who. Uh, so your suggestions on on ways of introducing people who are new series fans into uh, the classic series, uh, and so on and so forth. But until then, it's goodbye from everybody in the room. It's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.